You're tuned in to the KNGI Network, and it's time for Vipers VGM Chair.
Good evening, one and all, and welcome to a brand new edition of the one, the only, yeah, the one and only show airing on KNGI Network at 10pm UK time on a Wednesday. That's right, it's Vipers VGM Chair, and welcome to the show. Hope you're having a lovely Wednesday evening so far, and, well, once more, thank you for being here with me. It's a great pleasure to see such wonderful faces in the audience tonight, and they've lined up one by one very firmly to let me know what they've been playing in the month of September 2023. And indeed, all the usual answers are already flooding in, and that's great to hear. But what's even more great to hear is the fantastic tunes that people have been requesting for tonight's episode. And indeed, there is still time. If you played something during the month of September, let me know what you thought of it, and also get me over a request, and we'll get it on in the show. Such as that second track you heard there from none other than Toho, Artificial Dream in Arcadia. That was Lunacy, and who else was that requested by? It was none other than Purvis. Looks like a fantastic, um, almost SMT-inspired dungeon crawler, it's a little bit of a fan work, you know, um, it, you, you'd get a certain term in your head if you're not familiar with the fact that Daojin has two possible meanings uh, when it refers to certain types of Japanese media. We're talking about the fan work, in, well not inspired, just the, the fan iterative works, and that's exactly what you got there. It's available on Steam, as is its great soundtrack, and on all good, uh, on all good platforms as well. Very refreshing to see, so go ahead and grab that one. That's a great track and a great opener for what I assume is a fantastic album. Maybe an acquired taste of a game, but it doesn't take much to enjoy Toho music, does it? Especially in such an atmospheric style as it was put by Purvis. So there you go, that was that one, and before that, kicking off the show from Pokemon Black and White 2, or sorry, Black 2 and White 2, that was Battle, Colrez's uh, theme. And now we are back, and it's time to kick off the show proper. And indeed, speaking of all those lovely people in the chat room, why not come and join them over at kngi.org forward slash discord. And down there, you can come and speak to Pocket Alluri, It's Purvis, Resident SD, and Jamie with or without the 64326. But anyone who joins us tonight or through the podcast, if you're lurking, you jump in the chat room later no matter what it is thank you for joining us regardless and indeed if you do want to come and chat with us in other places as well well there's other options available we are on x we are at vipers vgm or you can use the hashtag vipers vgm both platforms have been very slow at posting on the podcast account recently sorry about that it's kind of a pain to cross post between the two and in fact it is uh when i'm doing it for personal posts as well but especially i've Therefore, been very slow at writing up posts for this show, but still do check it. I still do read it. So if you want to come and message us, we're on there, and we are also on none other than Mastodon. We are Vipers VGM chat at the VIP Vipers dot space. Both places you can get in touch with the show. Otherwise, we are once again here live, and that's probably the best place to catch us. That's where the conversation flows, and more importantly, it's easier to keep up with historic messages because I can just look back at them and see the ping it, and you can private message me a bit easier it's it's all good that's probably the best way if you want to come and interact with us on the show otherwise yeah i check them every now and then so feel free to message through them as well i hope everyone's had a good week and it's been a pretty tolerable one where i've been um what have i done why well, is gonna say what have i done since last wednesday but there was no show last wednesday and apologies about that one i did note a couple of reasons at the time but Realistically, if I'm looking back on it, I just needed an excuse to stop because I was having a bit of a funny head day on the Wednesday. Um, 
I, I did think I had a busy week coming up, but it actually didn't turn out to be all that busy at all. I really didn't do anything during it, so... Yeah, it wasn't exactly for the reasons that I uh, once put in the chat, so sorry about that, but it was, it was a little bit of a, a rough day for me. Nothing bad in particular happened, just wasn't quite feeling up to it, and some days you just got to accept that rather than forcing yourself through it, and I've done that. I'm back here brighter than ever, looking forward to another show. Oh yeah, there was the other reason as well, as of I couldn't find the soundtrack in time. I now have the soundtrack that was going to be featured in last week's show. Another reason was I've not played enough of it, and what I did play of it, I didn't like it. So, I didn't give the game the best chance to flourish, even though the soundtrack would have been phenomenal and that would have done all the talking for me. I kind of wanted to play the game in a better light as well, because I wanted to go in and go through all the story mode, and the story mode really wasn't gelling with me. Um, so as a result, I think the online stuff may be way more up my alley, especially with cross-play and being able to play with friends. So, as such, I'll give that a bit more of a time to shine in my own, uh, you know, my own time. So, I'll come back to that game later, but despite that, we do still have some music tonight from Super Bomberman R2. Now that the music has been ripped from the game, I still had to compile it myself, but hey, uh, I got a track for you as featured on tonight's one. We've also got many other great tunes, including requests from Jamie, Pocket Alluri, and others as well. And in particular, we've got games such as Forza Motorsport 4, Kirby Triple Deluxe. We have some Donkey Konga, and more specifically the European version. And we've even got some Halo 2 Anniversary in there as well. So lots to look forward to, but still, there could be more. Your request could be just right around the corner for all you know. So get it in if you've got one brewing up there in the head. Yeah, um, aside from what I mentioned there, a pretty uneventful week. Did a pick and mix on Friday, and otherwise, what have I done since then? Picked up a couple used games, hopefully some of them appearing in maybe streams or something of the sort. Otherwise, just for some enjoyment, um, been picking them up while doing some shopping throughout the week. Just happened to catch my eye and all that sort of thing. Started Pikmin 4, maybe you'll hear more about that in a couple weeks, fingers crossed, but... Um, yeah, I capped off my September quite uneventfully by playing a couple of games, uh, one of which was Like a Dragon Ishin, uh, which was what I ended up playing on Wednesday instead of doing the show, and I marathoned through the majority of the game on both Wednesday and Thursday. I haven't played it for a few months, I left off about chapter 7. I got through one chapter, so through to chapter 8, and decided I needed to grind, so spent a couple hours grinding on the Wednesday, and then... On the Wednesday and Thursday, just blitz through, bearing in mind there's 14 chapters in the game, just blitz through the rest of the story and had a really good time of it. And that was all in preparation for Sonic Frontiers The Final Horizon, but less said about that the better because we're going to be talking about that on Friday night's episode of Pick and Mix, along with the great music that you can hear from the game as well. So I'm going to avoid talking about that one. Remember, positive gaming uh, in September moments, so <laughs> yeah. Um, but I've always got plenty to talk about with the games that I did actually play, so I'll be getting into them in a moment's time, but more music requests, you know it, bring them in, and uh, bring in all your thoughts on what you played too, because they're rolling in, but still plenty of time to read whatever it is that you've got to say as well. Let's jump into some more music right about now then, because we've got six minutes worth of, or five minutes and 53 when it got imported, it was like six minutes and 11 when I originally downloaded it, so Radio DJ doing its job, I think hopefully. Anyway, here comes Nico, should I say, uh, quite literally in this case, because we're playing music from the game. 
here comes Nico, if you want me to spell it out for you a little bit more. Uh, Gary's Garden coming up for you now, the theme of the brand new free DLC update. Uh, and that was requested by Pocket Alari. And afterwards, my pick from Super Bomberman R2, the awesome main menu theme. So enjoy those two, and I'll be back with you talking about what I played in September 2023 in a few short moments' time.
We are back on this week's Vipers VGM show, and that was Super Bomberman R2, the main menu theme. Most of my time in the game was honestly spent idling in the main menu. I spent very little time playing the actual story mode, which was what I was there for. So, as a result, I got to hear that one quite a bit. So, I really enjoy it and wanted to feature it on the show, therefore. And for that, as requested by Larry from Here Comes Nico, that was Gary's Garden. Pretty lovely song, um, and one I need to get around to myself, because I finished and 100% of the main game, but didn't quite get to the brand new update yet. Been a lot of my play, and there continues to be as October drills on, because, oh boy, I better get <laughs> better get a move on on Pikmin, because it's like three games in the next week, uh, two or three games that I'm interested in that are dropping real soon, so we'll get that finished, I swear, but yeah, anyways, we are back, and we're going to talk about what it was that I played in... September, that didn't quite feel right once again, of 2023. Uh, maybe the main menu is the game, says Jamie. There's a lot in the main menu, I can tell you that much. There's a lot to do in the game, and there's a hell of a lot of customization in comparison to the first one as well. Like, there's a full character creator, and a really in-depth shop, 
and all sorts of options on the PC version. It's actually a pretty solid PC port for the most part, all things considered, which the first one supposedly wasn't, but there's a lot to do in that main menu, so you might be hearing that one for quite a while, but as I say, I really like it. It's got a, it's got a nice nice bopping theme to go along to what is a menu you're going to be spending quite a bit of time in so yeah nice one anyway we started off the month on the 3rd of september and by the way i'm checking this through backlogged.com where you can find me and others who frequent the show as well um that's where i post uh, that's where i post all of uh, all of the games i've cleared except i sometimes get quite behind case in point i didn't put on what i finished last night if you were watching live on twitch.tv forward slash the green viper 8 archive now available on youtube.com forward slash at the what is it at viper archive something like that um it was the final part of pokemon scarlet last night so i should have put that on here i didn't not like it matters for this show but i do try to keep it up to date for the most part so, on the 3rd, we had Samba Amigo Party to Go. I did a show all about this and the main version, the Nintendo Switch version, on Pick and Mix. That's a podcast available on all good services, by the way. And I'd recommend you check out that one because I really went into depth on the cardinal sins of this version because it's not very good, which is a shame because the Switch version is a real hitter for me. Um, not just this year, but in the consoles library in general. I think it's... I think it's one of the uh, glowing exclusives so far, even though it is also on iOS and it will be on VR as well. In terms of traditional consoles, it's an exclusive that the Switch has in its court that I think is really worth checking out. The iOS version? Hmm, not so much so. I, on paper, it carries across most of the good bits from the console version, and indeed it does, but I was strictly talking about the exclusive story mode, which just drops the ball in every single possible way it could, and everything it could fumble it does, it's kind of disappointing. Um, but if you just want to play the game and have a tolerable experience like the console version, then it will fill that in for you, but it never reaches the same highs uh, as said Switch version does. On the third, I also finished Power Wash Simulator, the Muckingham Files, the brand new small handful of DLC levels that kind of tie into the story of Power Wash Simulator. If you know nothing about it, yes, there is a story. Um, it takes place all during the main story for the most part, but uh, just doing side jobs during that time is very interesting, but for the most part it is just more Power Wash Simulator, which is something I enjoyed anyway. Um, so it's just more of the same and I mention it a lot on this show but I dub these games as background noise games for me they're not going to blow your socks off but they're really nice for uh, just you know, if you're listening, for some, listening to something in the background and that's got your main focus just having some visual and um, controller based stimulation or I guess I use keyboard and mouse but the point still stands um, you know just having that little bit of stimulation on top of what you're already doing I find games like this perfect for that and power wash simulators brilliant for it so more content is always a good one in my book and therefore I just slowly trudged through it and finished it on the 3rd of September speaking of background noise games uh, one I was finally glad to have done on the 5th I finished Forza Motorsport 4 uh, I mentioned on the show before that this was a game I left on effectively my backlog cutting room floor about 10 11 years ago at this point 
I got this game when it came out, which was 2011, and I made my way through quite a lot of the campaign mode back then, all the way through to like 2012, 2013, and eventually I would have given up, and I think I still have my save somewhere, but it's on my old 360, which does still exist, I still got access to it, but it's not an active circulation anymore, it's an elite model, and I don't want to over stay it's welcome in the sense of I don't want to use it too much because those things are a bit more fragile than the latest slims and super slims and stuff so it's gotten a bit louder over the years it's gotten slower it's got a bit clunkier the fans kick into higher gear and it means a lot to me therefore I don't really want to put too much strain on it so as a result it's never really hooked up I never quite remember where the power supply is because it's different to the rest of the consoles so if my save does exist, it's on there, but I don't hook that one up all too often, like I say, so I started fresh because I didn't have access to said save at the time, nor really the effort to go through getting it again, so I started fresh again after about 11 years, and I started this game at the very beginning of the year, I want to say February or March, and well, September is how long it took me to clear it, and... Yeah, it provided great background noise for the most part, but I will say, um, especially in light of Forza Motorsport, the reboot, slash 8, whatever you want to call it, if you got the pre-access, it's out tomorrow. Um, it's out on the 10th for everyone else, so that's probably when I'll end up playing it, because I'm not paying £80 to play it five days early, because I really don't care that much. Motorsport's never as much my jam as Horizon is, but Motorsport can still be a great time when it tries, and this is the one instance where they really tried. Um, this still to this day is considered by far the best one, and having played 7, the previous most recent one, last year, and also having played Gran Turismo 7, you know, the recent one of those, the, the same year, um, this game's a masterclass. Still far and away, even look, taking off the nostalgia goggles, it's clearly the most dedicated and sophisticated and intricate on the details, it's just it's just brilliant, and they've really done nothing like it again since, which blows, blows my mind really, because they did three games back to back last gen, um, you know, they did 5, 6 and 7 all last gen within a couple of years of each other, and they all just lost the touch completely, and you go back and look at this one and just how gorgeously it's presented and it takes itself seriously as well which not a lot of the later ones do and of course if you look at it from the always online perspective the servers have gone but it's still hugely playable it's not too locked down to like um external purchases there were dlc at the time or there was dlc at the time which has unfortunately since been delisted even the stuff that i had from back in the day is a bit difficult to get a hold of now because the xbox 360 store a, is shutting down, as you know, but B, even before that, for like the year leading up, the previous downloads tab has been really broken. So I didn't even manage to get back to the DLC that I had at the time. But despite that, what's already there, is there's heaps and heaps to do, and it's still a, phenom a phenomenal game without access to Xbox Live services in it, which I think says a lot more about it than it does about future titles which will be so hugely hampered by the lack of online services if they're not always online to begin with and yeah they really took a step back in almost every way after this one this is just the most fun it's really worth like looking at um you know comparisons because although graphics have improved that's really about the only thing because it's just presented as such a love letter to driving in cars almost like how gran turismo presents itself and always has done and they just took it in a completely different arcadey direction afterwards, but 
they realized they couldn't quite compete in that market but this was their best attempt too and i still think everyone loves it the most for that reason because it's really the one that's most tuned in to i think what's best for it in the end and one thing that also really goes in its favor i mentioned was the presentation it's got this super sleek sophisticated presentation which future entries just have like menus that just serve the gameplay rather than you know menus that are a joy to be in in the first place but that's one of the things that serves it but another thing is it's full of original music there is still some licensed stuff here but there's a really big soundtrack of original stuff composed for this one and i think that was really the last time they bothered with that sort of thing gran turismo has always had its own music as well but even that's been quite heavily licensed but still has a good selection of its own original tunes but with both games it's been slipping away a little bit but way more so at forza there's barely any original compositions in the most recent ones but this one's got a whole suite of not only great music but also like best of the best composers and the exact sort of names you'd expect to see uh alongside such a game both back in that day and still today and um, still a lot of composers who are top of the range in the gaming scene were getting in some really nice tunes um and yeah it's one of my favorites for that reason as well it's just got a lovely soundtrack and we'll be featuring some of that throughout the show as you can imagine wanted to get pokemon black 2 done in time for the pokemon violet the hidden treasure of area zero part on the teal mask which we've already done the show on so we'll keep that talk brief but black 2 i've also had on the go for ages so last month was really a month about clearing out some of the uh l- longer entry how would you word it the entries on my backlog that have been there the longest don't get me wrong persona 5 uh royal is still there quote unquote being played i've not touched it for about a year but i do still intend to that's why it's on the list um but this was another one that's been sat on there for quite a while i think since when about what actually it's not been uh, awfully long but it would have been i want to say april may so certainly had been taking its time to get cleared through and the answer or the reason as to why is because something else would always come out and take up my time or we would be playing it co-op you know both of us at the same time so or it would be vice versa you know something else would take up the other person's time etc so it, it just never quite got played for more than like a couple of sessions at a time it was never just one continuous playthrough back to back to back to back it always got broken up by something or the other going on and i at some point i just wanted to sit down and even if it took like 10 10 or so hours in one or two sessions just finally blitz through it and have it done so that i had a clean pokemon slate in time for that dlc because i didn't want to be having in the back of my mind that i still had like 10 plus hours of this other game to go or be running through them both at the same time and teeth towards burning out on them so combined with that and having the stream game ongoing as well it meant i just wanted to clear out one of those so i felt a little bit less overwhelmed and black version 2 made the most sense to me so out it went and yeah i did have a good time with it i will say i think as a whole i preferred my experience with the first game a little bit more I thought it was just more fresh as a whole, whereas this one does make some compromises, which it does give valid reasons for um, from a story-based perspective. They did back it up, which I like, um, but, you know, they also backed it up, if you know what I mean. And you can catch every Pokemon, or not every Pokemon, you know, but there's way more Pokemon from previous generations just roaming around during the main game, which was not a thing you had at all in the first one. I really loved that it was uh, an exclusive 150 uh, or thereabouts in the original black one, whereas you can just catch 
whatever you like from whatever generation pretty much within reason of course uh, throughout the main game and yeah they give a valid explanation as to why you can do so which is great but it does still feel like a little bit of a compromise maybe due to the reviews of the first game which i feel like no you got to stand proud and say no this is why we did this and i think yeah of course this is the darling of everyone's uh, childhoods looking back and that's why we hear so much good about it nowadays but I do think there was a lot of nice decisions like that made, which Black 2 kind of reverses a little bit, but it does still have a really strong story. Once again, I feel like the first one appealed a little bit more to me, even though most people tend to prefer this one. I really like the ambiguity around the whole rival team, and well, your rival in general, the fact that you've got the trio of them, and the fact that, yeah, the team you're working against is a little bit more ambiguous in the morality sense whereas it's just all out on the table you know all of the cards that have been played already by the time you get into black 2 it's all way more obvious what's what's already happened what's going to happen etc it's less murky and i kind of prefer that about the first game honestly in the way it made you stop and question what it was you were working towards and was it the right way forward whereas this game there's never really any doubt that you're the one in the right and you're working towards the better future um, there, there was always that element of the first one which I think just worked a little bit better in its favour so I, I did enjoy Black 2 don't get me wrong um, like Black 1 I still miss some quality of life features from future games and yeah it won't go down as my favourite but it goes down as a really solid entry anyway so there was that one Hello 2 Anniversary had been on my had been on my backlog sorry a little bit longer than I would have liked because I did intend to finish it in one or two sittings like we did with the original Halo 1. It didn't end up being like that because I had too many games at the time that I wanted to clear out before I wouldn't have access to my PC again for a month or so, so I didn't get around to finishing Halo 2 at the time, but thought that was fine, whatever, you know, we right here where we are now, we got a laptop and a Steam Deck, so at least we'll be able to matchmake and finish off the remaining dregs of the game that way. But that didn't happen because apparently the Steam Deck, um, the, when you play Master Chief Collection through the Steam Deck, it specifically mentions that the Steam Deck itself struggles to communicate with Windows clients and the like. Can't play it on Xbox, by the way, because the progress wouldn't properly transfer over, so you couldn't just split screen it over there. Um, but yeah, the <laughs> the synchronization between Steam Deck and Xbox, um, between that and Xbox PC, not the Steam version, really struggles. Um, and we found that out because we finished one level without any hiccups and then we could just never get beyond about one minute into the second level we tried to play. So had to put that on the back burner. But then we got back home and that was pretty much a priority to get that done because once again, one more game out of what was a very big list at that point. So it's kind of the same feeling for me about Halo 2 because for as much as they, as much as they improved in the variety of environments and the additions in the weaponry and the gameplay kind of felt like and i feel like there's a lot of games i think i i'm kind of the exception to this rule a lot of the time i felt like the first one it was so much more in your face because of how a original of a concept it would have been at the time but b because i've played shooters i played first person shooters quite a bit but i hadn't really played any like that before um especially with the deep narrative that it had so it was a real sucker punch to me going in with it as my first one so when you come in with two and two is a little bit more uh there's a lot more to digest in the plot and at times to be honest i did get a little lost and had to remind myself what was going on but even with that um 
you just don't get that same sucker punch that you do from something that you're not expecting when you are going in expecting something and not only that but you're going in expecting something that as everyone says is a better version a more polished around the edges version and while that is still true i rate these on how much my in-person how much my personal enjoyment was and ultimately i think i actually enjoyed halo 1 more even despite that that's not a detriment to its quality at all because it's far from it it's a great game and one that i'd recommend you check out if you haven't done so already i know i'm not going to be the one to sell you on it come on but yeah one i enjoyed on the 14th we had a, we had the pokemon violet the hidden treasure of area zero part one the teal mask cleared um i didn't enjoy it as much as the main game but i did still enjoy it a lot and i spoke already about it on an episode of this show so go ahead and check that out on podcasting services but in short a really nice way smaller map and a way smaller version of what you got on offer in the main game of scarlet all just condensed into this really small region only kind of let down by some story beats which as someone who wants everyone in the world to get on didn't quite vibe with me as much but i know a lot of other people will will feel uh will feel a bit differently about it and well on top of that um I don't know, on top, on top of that, I feel like a lot of people will gel with the area way better, um, both than uh, the main game, Scarlet and Violet, but also since it's, you know, it's it's a take on, how would you word it, I guess, uh, rural Asia as a whole, so you've had that flavour already in a slightly more historical sense in Legends Arceus, and you've got a way more modern take on that in this one so if you already enjoyed legends arceus then there'll be something to enjoy here but i think it's a lot more of a respectful take on um on rural asia than parts of legends arceus ended up being so as a whole i think a lot of people will therefore get a lot more out of um or i think they'll just get a lot out of that setting anyway as opposed to the spanish setting well there's anything wrong with it i've worded it like there is for some reason uh, oops but no i i mean there, there'll be differences in preference and as a whole it felt like a really fresh take but still scarlet's scarlet and violet still my favorite ones and favorite regions favorite set of sporting characters and they're really gorgeous as an area as well but having a really different place to check out as well has been really rewarding on a different level so i had a lot of fun with that one as well on the 20th started a project which will uh which will probably consume me in the worst possible way as well as uh, of course my partner who's playing it with me that's right it's donkey konga so i already mentioned the story on the show but i got a second pair of donkey kong bongos from my local game shop who's just had them under their stairs for years i've always wanted to know the situation with them because i never put them out on sale so i just asked them the question i said sure well, you can take them for 10 pounds they're just a bit dusty and we don't know if they work work just fine there we go some multiplayer donkey konga action going on so we've been crawling our way through the set lists of what is all seven donkey konga games because each regional variation has its own has its own stuff, has its own music, and we kick things off with the European version because, of course, that's the one I have. Uh, that's my region, and yeah, Donkey Kong is a very strange rhythm game. Naturally, it's by Namco, and it's really Namco's first foray into rhythm games on the Nintendo side of things, as far as I know, because, well, it's presumably a very modified version of Taiko no Tatsujin, both in how it plays and the engine itself. A series that, to my knowledge, had not yet appeared on a Nintendo device. So this was probably the game to bridge that gap, because this would have been, what, 2003, 2004? And by 
maybe 2005 at the earliest, if not like 6, 7, you had the DS Taiko no Tatsujins and then the Wii ones and then 3DS, Wii U, etc. So this probably was the series to bridge that gap, because don't get me wrong, of course Namco have been making stuff on Nintendo consoles for ages, but it was strictly a PS1, PS2 uh, rhythm game company by that point, so I think this was the game that uh, probably put them both in good terms for that sort of thing to happen, and... Yeah, I don't think I enjoy it anywhere near as much as Taiko no Tatsujin. Um, I think, for the most part, the, the the control scheme of it overcomplicates it at times. While there is a lot of fun to be had in just drumming the bongos with your hands, I think it loses the simplicity and the enjoyment of Taiko in the process. Like, don't get me wrong, it's still great, but I have a lot more fun, you know, hitting the middle of the drum and hitting the sides to the tune of the song versus left, right, left, right, left, right. Once the appeal of, oh, it's a cool bongo, wears off, it never quite feels as rewarding to play as Taiko does when you hit it right, because the controller doesn't just become a novelty like it is in Donkey Konga, but it actually is... Well, it kind of is a little bit of a hindrance in comparison to just playing on a controller, but it does feel like a really handy way to play the game, right? Um... Which is something I never really feel with Donkey Konga. Like, for example, the game expects you to clap for a bunch of the notes, and it expects you to clap quite fast on the two higher difficulties. But in the way the game intends you to, it's actually just more hit, more of a hindrance than it ever really is a useful feature. It's more of a novelty than it has use, I guess, because... Well, I clap very loud, so naturally I'm peeking out the microphone at all times. You can adjust the sensitivity of both microphones in your settings, but um, yeah, as a whole I tended to max out Player 2's microphone, which never really was all that helpful at all for either party. Um, but on top of that, because of that, it's quite difficult to space them quite quickly. Um, it's just generally... There's a lot of novelty and not a lot of practicality to the game, and I still think it's great. I still think it's enjoyable for that reason, but I don't think it's in the big leagues of the great rhythm games like Taiko is. So, as a result, what you get is a, a fun party game, but something that never really evolves much beyond that, and that's exactly what I felt with Donkey Konga, both European and Japanese, because it's the same first game, just with a different set list. I'm not going to feel that my opinion on that's changed until I get to Donkey Konga 2, I'd say, really. So, uh, I don't have too much more to report for either game, but I did finish that on the 20th, and on the 22nd I finished the Japanese version. On the 21st, I played WarioWare Inc. Mega Micro Games through the Game Boy Advance online service for the Nintendo Switch because it's something I'd been wanting to play for a long time and in fact, I did start it but put it down and then never ended up finishing it uh, around mid last year. Played it on a flash cart kind of thing but wanted to wait until the proper GBA thing got going because we all knew it was happening way before it did and indeed now it's there. It was one of the launch titles so I always knew I wanted to come back to it and play it and being between games and knowing it was a real short one, it took me about two hours at most, and looking forward to the November entry, the brand new Switch one. Therefore, as a result, I decided, yeah, I'll uh, give a run through this one. It should just take me an afternoon, and that's exactly what it did. Great game. Um, can't really add too much more to that other than more to it other than that. I think you should just play it. It's a really accessible game. In fact. Um, I don't just mean in consoles, because it's been available on like 3DS, Wii U, Switch, GBA, etc. There's a GameCube port. 
I do mean that because, of course, there's many ways to play it. Emulation as well, you know. No one's gonna, <laughs> no one's gonna stop you. I was gonna say, uh, Nintendo might be knocking down your doors, but that's your problem, not mine. Um, but not only just that, but even you know, it it's just the D-pad and two face buttons. That's really all it ever requires. So you can play it on just about anything if you've got the ROM lying about. So it's really pick up and play from that perspective, and its length and everything about it's designed to just accommodate some quick play sessions. So I just recommend if I can't really say too much about it other than it's fun. So give it a go if you somehow never played these games and you are interested. I somewhat think you have if you're listening to this show, but not everyone has, because I'm exactly that guy. I hadn't played a game in the series until the Switch one launched, aside from if you really want to count Snapped on the DSi, uh, which I don't, because I don't really want to think about that too much beyond the day one novelty of it. Um, But... Yeah, they were just games I'd never gotten around to really all that much, and I do intend to fix that, and of course I will continue to play the new one like I did with the last Switch one, so... Um, but yeah, on the off chance you haven't played it, because I'm absolutely that person, that's kind of what this show is for. Even if it's franchises I have played, the good games within it that I should have is exactly the sort of loose end I'm trying to tie up here, and Warrior Wear Inc. Mega Micro Games is one of those games through and through, so got it off my list. It's done. On the 22nd, I abandoned Super Bomberman R2. The story mode I just didn't gel with at all. The original is a classic Bomberman experience with local co-op up to four players. The second one's a tower defense mode with only single player and a lot of text, not really many tutorials, and I felt super overwhelmed to the point where I just didn't want to play it. It sucked with the fun out of playing it, which is a shame because I was so looking forward to this game. And in fact, I think everything around it i can recognize it's a huge positive and i'm sure many people will love that change to the gameplay and in fact people have been loving it but i could just recognize that short of putting in a lot of work which i wasn't feeling like at the time you know to get everything properly learned and it was it felt like a really steep hill to, to overcome when i was thinking about it as well i could just tell it wasn't for me um, short of, like I say, a lot of work being put into myself to make it to make it happen, which it was a Friday night, I was chilling after a show, I didn't feel like doing hours of tutorials, uh, well, watching hours of YouTube tutorials, unsurprisingly, so, yeah, I left it there. On the 27th, I completed a little Media Molecule romp uh, through their Dreams PS4 game, it's known as Tren. Um, I thought it was a lot of fun, um, but, yeah, I don't really want to say too much more on it other than that so we'll leave it there on the 28th i finished like a dragon ishin and on the 30th sonic frontiers the final horizon right i've spoken for long enough now nearly 30 minutes so we're going to get some more music on and we'll speak a little bit more about those as well as what you played uh, after the following music break so let's get on some forza motorsport 4 and then we're going to be kicking it over to donkey konga the european version with well based on the fact that i've said that a european exclusive track which I never expected to hear in a Donkey Kong bongo game, but yeah, not only did we get just that, but we got an exclusive cover for it as well, so uh, drum along at home if you've got an instrument, but before then, enjoy Berlinetta, I think it is, yeah, Berlinetta from Forza Motorsport 4, right here on the KNGI Network.
And we are back here on Vipers VGM Chair. Yeah, not exactly a song I ever expected to be drumming along to in the Donkey Kong rhythm game, and uh, yet, for the European version, they licensed Richard III. Who knew? It's a very weird decision, and well, if you have to have Supergrass, which I, I guess kind of works, why is that the song you go with? Why is that the one you license? I'm guessing it was probably the cheaper license and some are maybe the more fitting ones. I, I don't know. It's such a weird decision and it's definitely a cover for sure. But yeah, that was. there's a couple of songs in there that are just super surprising picks. Most of the other track lists are quite by the numbers, but Europe gets some really odd ones. Um, especially some odd ones when you consider that you thought they would be in America as well. Stuff like September um, is in Europe and not America. You don't quite know why, but yeah, there you go. Richard III from Donkey Kong with the European version. And for that, from Forza Motorsport 4, that was at Berlinetta. And we've got one more song from that game to come later on in the show as well. And from a familiar artist as well, you might be pleased to hear. Anyways, it's time for the part of the show where we talk to you all, the lovely audience. And we say a big hello to Hydro as well, because Hydro's just joined us down in the chat room. Now, this isn't the part of the show where we always say hello to Hydro and Hydro alone, but um, it was a convenient segue, okay? But anyway, welcome to the show. Let's go to the top, because we got the paragraphs in very early this evening, and in fact, Purvis was the first of the punch. So let's go with Purvis' paragraph first of all. Slowed down on Tears of the Kingdom to play Artificial Dream in Arcadia, which dropped about a week and a half ago. It is a game made for me. Uh, emphasis on made for me there apparently because it needed capitals. Toho crossed Shimagami Tensei 2 and it leaned super hard into the latter. Dungeon crawling, fusing demons, sleepers in this, to make new ones, all the good stuff. Also has a lot of modern quality of life in it. It recognises you're going to want to play with your favourites and makes it easy to get them up to speed. Yeah, it sounded like a super weird crossover on paper, but everyone seems to have been loving it, looking at the reviews and all of the positive buzz around it, so all the more power to everyone who's been playing that one so far, and who, who knew? Sometimes the weirdest of combinations make the best of friends. It's just how it goes sometimes in the gaming world, so the soundtrack proved it's uh, worth and salt, so maybe the uh, game itself will be worth someone's playing as well. Who knows, but glad to hear Purvis has been enjoying it. Um, yeah. On the contrary though, not sure if I can actually recommend it here, it's a very particular flavour. You've got to have a taste for old school Shimigami Tensei to get it, and at least some taste for Toho probably. It expects you to know who is who and doesn't, ha and doesn't have any interest in explaining it. Yeah, um, you'd very much expect something like that. It's so hyper-focused on two sets of people, or one person with two sets of interest, that it's just going to assume that you already know all the stuff you need to know anyway, because if you don't, why why is this the first thing of this you're interested in? Right, it's meant to be a combination of two loves, not one love side-eyeing you into another love. I, well, however you word this weird analogy, I don't quite know, but yeah, that makes total sense. Maybe not the place to start, but sounds like a banger for those uh, who meet the requirements, so glad to hear you've been enjoying it, and hey, always nice to see something like that readily available on Steam, not just on some random website you've got to download it from, in the case of most free uh, indie Dalgian stuff, or... Um, you know, in the case of Toho, we've recently been seeing the main stuff come on over slowly as a drip feed to Steam, but it's nice to see fan content available um, to, you know, instead of like someone like itch.io, which don't get me wrong, is fantastic, just being able to go to a major storefront like that and put down money for a fan work is actually really cool. So, 
yeah, props to all the developers on that one. Uh, we had Alari afterwards who said, Didn't play much in September as one of those very little gaming moods. I did eventually shelf Super Mario Bros. 3. As I said in here, I was getting too frustrated. But later on at the end of the month, I beat the Gary's Garden update for Here Comes Nico, a whole new free level. It's a lovely little addition that focuses more on the platforming of the game, offering an extra challenge over the base game, whilst not being a ridiculous difficulty spike over the base game. Fancy that. See, I actually kind of had the opposite, but... Uh... <laughs> I, I it wasn't it wasn't Frontiers bad. That that's a whole new league. I, I know I know what you're leaning into there. Um, the story that ties this level together, much like the first game, is very wholesome. As my recent as for my gaming recently, I picked I upgraded my pickup and play handheld to an RG. Once again, guess if it's a dental equipment or a retro handheld. RG35XX because the limitations and quirks of the RG280V were getting annoying. <laughs> and breathe. I've been also playing Pokemon Unbound, Metal Sonic Hyperdrive, and Sonic 2 Advanced Edit on it. I've also been getting the artwork sorted for the menus, a mix of screenshot and logo, most have scraped automatically, so I just manually have to add in the rest. Yeah, I mean, I keep talking about it on this show, maybe one day I'd be tempted towards one of those retro handheld things, I say as I just got all of my emulation set back up on Steam Deck for the first time in a couple of months, because I moved my internal hard drive and never got around to actually moving everything back, but I've done so, I've got my decky loader all installed again now, so it's all back up and custom. I did it in time for the Sonic Frontiers update, because that's how I ended up playing it, I didn't have access to my PC, so I played it on, uh, instead of maxed out settings, I played it on the lowest settings, <laughs> so that was fun, um, but because of that I did end up getting all the retro stuff set up back on there, as well as yeah, all my plugins for uh, Decky Loader, so that was a nice thing, but yeah, my point is, I just got all this set back up, and yet every time I see a picture of you guys sharing all your retro handhelds, it does, does slightly tempt me to have such a small uniform thing to as you say pick up and play and sometimes it's all you need you don't need like 20 minutes of loading and menus and oh my oh i need to log into my retro achievements account which uh, don't get me wrong i'm a sucker for that sort of thing but sometimes you just need to pick something up and seems like a perfect thing for it i might side eye that um if it's on any amazon day deals coming up soon because i think that's uh <laughs> something like that is probably where i'd be likely to pick that up on some sort of discount uh, oh, I have been playing, <laughs> quote, playing Sonic Frontiers Final Horizon, says Alari. I imagine I'll be hearing much more about that experience on Friday, no? Um, what else did we have? Jamie said, in the month of September, I've completed two games, which are What the Golf and The Mummy Demastered. I'll count the latter as a completion, as I was still struggling finding the last relics in that game, despite following a 100% map. I've also been playing Kirby Triple Deluxe, which I aim to complete 100%, as I like to do that with the Kirby games. I've taken a break from that game, as I was struggling... Uh, as I was struggling and then getting very stressed out with level 3 of DDD Drum Dash. From what I've read online, you need to get gold in levels 1 to 3 and anything in the bonus level to add to the overall 100% for the game. The arena was getting to me also, but I do plan to get that completed this month as I love the game but still wanted a break. I've talked about it before, but yeah, Cover Trip Deluxe is one of the ones that used to bang around at the top of the list alongside Superstar Ultra as I could never decide which one's my favourite. Then Forgotten Land came out, and now that's three that frequently switch back and forth, but easily my favourite of that era of the three or four games in the same engine. Um, I really liked that one. I mean, I think technically Forgotten Land's in the same engine, but you know what I mean? The 2D Kirby games, they put out very quickly back-to-back -back because they run the they were very easy to build on top of each other kind of thing. Of those four, that was my favourite one by far, so... 
Uh, I always I always go to bat for that one, but yeah, I mean, as with every Kirby game, 100% experience isn't for everyone. God knows it's not for me. Um, I Every time a Kirby game comes out, I try and do it, and then I get to some form of arena BS, and I go, nah, I'm good. But at least I normally tend to get all the trinkets in the main world. That's normally... I normally get to at least that point before I call it quits, and that, in the case of... Um, Triple Deluxe, I think, does unlock stuff. Um, I think it does unlock extra levels, which is really nice, because not every Kirby game you get that. Um, you get really anything. I don't recall getting all that much in Return to Dreamland for doing that, for example, when that came out earlier this year. Um, but yeah, I'll always go bats for that game, even if, um, as you say, it does seem like a, there's some extra gubbins to do, which DDD's Drum Dash with a whole different skill set from the main game, which therefore weird to me that they put completion percentage behind it but okay uh, sounds like something how labs would do to be honest with you <laughs> um yeah I, I mean i'm looking forward to thankfully never 100 in curbing the amazing mirror because i really feel bad for all the people who saw that on switch online and went i always 100 kirby games so i'm gonna do that because oh my god i just try playing that game i actually it was the exact same time i played uh warioware as i was talking about earlier because i played started playing warioware but just didn't never go around to finishing it because i had to go and do something else midway through the playthrough um but i started playing warioware because on the same day i shelved kirby and the amazing mirrors so one great game and i don't, I don't care that much for kirby and the amazing mirror i will give it another go on switch online maybe with some uh, co-op in tow as well but yeah, um, that game is just the pig for 100% more than any of the others. That's just a whole experience. So I <laughs> uh, wouldn't recommend that one to anyone thinking about that one. I've also started playing Banjo-Kazooie at the end of September and I'm really enjoying it. I think I've been enjoying it even more as I've been playing it on the NSO app with the N64 controller. I'm slowly making my way through that game, but the last stages seem to be brutal compared to before in the game. Still worth playing and I wish they put the sequel on the app. Um, yeah, I wanted to play, I mean, there's been a bunch of times where I've wanted to play through Banjo-Kazooie and, or Banjo-Kazooie, not and, although that technically is still right, but, um, even then, I, at the start of this show, the very first episode I did, the pilot one, I said I was playing Banjo-Kazooie, and I, I technically was, but I dropped it again, because I always do that, I start it and then I drop it not too long into it. Um, and I really wish one of these days I'd just stick with it, because I always do enjoy it. It is, as Jamie says, just a little frustrating in the later stages. Um, but I tried it again when it came out on the N64 app, but I also didn't stick with it there, because if I'm going to play it nowadays, it's going to be through the Xbox version. Just because, well, it's... See, I was going to say it's a bit nicer quality, but aside from the widescreen, I think I actually prefer the presentation of the N64 one. In order to upscale it, they make it very smeary, which I kind of dislike, but at the same time, HD widescreen on the models is very nice. But as a whole, I think I prefer the way the N64 version looks, but I, the quality of life changes to make it a little easier from the Xbox version are really nice, so it makes it hard to go back to that one. I felt the exact same way, even with save states, when I tried to play it on N64 again. Um, I tried to play it on the real N64 as well. It's one of the few European games I actually had before I... Uh, I was going to say before I sold that console, but Gavi still hasn't bought it off me, so it's still sitting in a bag, I think, behind me, behind the sofa, so soon. Um, yeah, it's like one of three games I actually managed to get, because that console's ridiculous to buy for here in the UK, uh, which is why I 
swapped it and never got around to buying Banjo, the Japanese version. <laughs> so there you go. But yeah, even on hardware and even on the N64 emulator, it's still a bit brutal. But hey, if you can find some enjoyment from that, then that's all the better to me anyway. So yeah, I'd be glad, glad to hear you've been enjoying it regardless. Talk as well about pre-ordering games since I got onto that one. Um, yeah, Mario Wonder, uh, for those wondering, as far as I know, there's no digital in-game content. I think there was some warning on the ESRB that it would contain some sort of in-game purchases, but I have no idea if that's actually accurate. There was the exact same warning on uh, Mario Strikers Battle League slash Battle League Football. There was potential at one point it could have had in-game purchases or some sort of DLC, since I think that's all that really means, but it never ended up having them. It just perhaps means there were intentions, and very well the same could happen with Super Mario Wonder, so there's no, like, pre-order from GameStop and get this kind of thing. But there is for physical goods, that's always the case with these games, and it's no exception. I think some companies are doing shadow boxes, others are doing stickers, some are doing nothing at all, which doesn't surprise me, and of course if you're buying it digital you get... Uh, absolutely diddly squat but should come to expect that with digital stuff by now and really that's the way it should be uh, Sonic Superstars we're also on that conversation I only pre-ordered it because it was 44 for the digital deluxe version from a code site for the Steam one and I only had the money for it at the time I currently don't have any because I'm saving it all for a week and a bit until we go to uh, Sonic Fan Fest which will be fun but yeah because of that I only had the money at the time and it actually came out cheaper than I was expecting to buy the main game to get the digital deluxe version so I just ended up with a code for that um, otherwise I wouldn't have bothered pre-ordering it because I'm kind of in the same boat um, I'm kind of jaded on all of the digital deluxe stuff I still will end up doing it for other games anyway I'm sure but Sonic Superstars really not much of it interested me therefore I could have saved another £10 and got it without the digital deluxe stuff but eh and that price I might as well just get it so Ended up with it. But yeah, Mario Wonders, nothing of the sort, which is really refreshing for once, because even Nintendo haven't been doing that all that much lately, so it's been nice. And yeah, I'm getting that digital through the Japanese uh, eShop, because you buy the code from Amazon Japan, um, then you just quickly region change your eShop account. It's literally just log in on the internet. Uh, just go to the Nintendo website, log in. You can quickly change your region from your profile settings. Takes about 10 seconds. Relog in on your Switch, redeem the code, then just stay there until it's midnight in your region, at which point you can switch back over. Once again, it takes about all of about 10 seconds on the web and about 30 seconds to relog back in. It saves something about £17 for the digital version. It goes from 50 here to 33 so it's really a no-brainer for me personally. I've done that for games for quite a while. Once again, don't have that much money at the moment, so that's going to be the way I end up with that one, but... Uh, just a little tip if you don't mind doing that on your end. I think that's been the cheapest way to get it digital. Otherwise, Curry's here in the UK has it for 37 for the physical, so might be another way to go, but I think I might get it digital because I can I can fly it at like 4pm UK time that way on the Thursday instead of having to wait for the Friday. It's going to be a stacked week, what, what with uh, Sonic Superstars not being that far behind it, so yeah super looking forward to that one but got some two good games coming out back to back uh, in the platformer 2d mascot front so good time for that and a good time for a lot of other franchises as well as we've been talking about i mean same franchise but super mario rpg very soon um probably some square stuff coming up along those lines as well i can't think of anything else right now it's all gone oh yeah detective pikachu on friday but i won't be playing that because as i discussed on stream i've had a plan for a couple weeks now to stream detective pikachu once the pokemon scarlet playthrough is done so one more part which will either be on tuesday or sometime this week 
um, and then I can get on to Detective Pikachu and finally play the first one on stream because I can't really play the second one without playing the first one so uh, that'll be at some point but because of that um, I'm not ending up with it the other member of the household is ending up with it so they'll be playing that and I'll be dodging dodging the spoilers but we'll get around to that one eventually but it's not as a big of an immediately must play because of that um, but that's still coming out and exciting to some people I'm sure um, and oh yeah let's talk about ghost trick I'll, I'll do it I swear I'll do it you can't stop me maybe that becomes a stream game that's a thought maybe maybe I do do that, that that'd be interesting um, I'll keep a hold of that thought actually um, but on that thought, uh, what else have we got in the chat room? Uh, Resident SD says, looking forward to the 10th, indeed, uh, for Forza Motorsport. Don't think it's going to be as good as uh, Horizon 5. I think it's going to be a big step up over previous Motorsport games, though, so uh, definitely that's going to be a, a big win, all things considered. It's been reviewing quite well for what it is. I know it's, got, it's still got in-game purchases and stuff like that, but recent Forza games, if you're buying those sort of purchases, you're doing it completely wrong because the game just regurgitates free stuff at you all over the place. I've never had to do an in-game purchase for any of those ones, which try and... I don't even push it at you, really, but those ones that support it, I've never had to do anything of the sort, and I've gotten basically anything I wanted in-game, so... Yeah, um, it seems like it's way less in your face about that than 7 was, so that's a big positive. Um, but yeah, looking forward to that one as well, so lots of great stuff. Also, more posting about retro handhelds. I shouldn't look, but yeah, I, I keep looking through. Maybe I shouldn't, but I, I keep doing it anyway. <laughs> oh well. Anyway, let's get on with some more music now for you then. And we got none other than some i that didn't happen in time i that would have been really smooth had my laptop laid ball but i can't actually read what the game name is off the top of my head there we go we've got some kirby triple deluxe coming up for you in the banger block believe it or not courtesy of jamie and afterwards um not one requested by jamie but one that he'll enjoy and in fact i get the feeling most of the chat room will enjoy too because we got some more forza mode sport 4 coming up for you but how about some jesper kid in there i'm hearing you saying and yeah, Jesper Kidd's on the soundtrack, Rich Jakes too, and in fact, I can't remember them, but some pretty big industry hitters who, at the time, were making a lot of, you know, uh, 2010 was really the period to be trying to make your game sound as professional as possible because you're really being a makeshift film slash TV composer, and a lot of these tracks reek of it, and wouldn't you know it, therefore Jesper Kidd and uh, Rich Jakes are here, living up the big style, and many others in the same field are as well, and they making some really good compositions in the process, so let's enjoy that one, and uh, before that, let's enjoy some Kirby, right here, on Viper's VGM chair.
Looking for more? Download past episodes of Vipers VGM Chur from KNGI.org and all good podcasting services.
there you have it. That was this week's episode of Vipers VGM Chair. You heard at the start of the block, Kirby Tropic Deluxe, Mountains in an Angry Sky, requested by Jamie. And then afterwards, from Forza Motorsport 4, from the legendary Jesper Kid, that was two. A fantastic soundtrack, and one that's not really got that much love um, from Microsoft themselves, because... I think there was some sort of album release of about 15 or so songs, but it's a huge one and deserved way more love and fanfare than it ever got. Um, it's before the age of where Forza popped up telling you what every song in the game was, so as a result most of them went uncredited and a lot of them even without any form of name to go off whatsoever, so the fact that, that one even has a name and even then I'm not too sure it's its official one, but the fact it does have one is still great. But fantastic song from a really underrated soundtrack there well there you go that was all on tonight's episode I want to give a huge thank you to everyone who was listening in on the discord server tonight is they're the only ones i can shout out in person but you if you were listening elsewhere thank you ever so much appreciate you in particular we had hydro we had pocket alluri we had resident sd purvis jamie 64326 with or without um, and anyone else I might have missed, uh, feel free to give me a shout. As I'll give you the, uh, I'll give you the shout out you rightfully deserve for keeping me company and making tonight's episode a great one. Next week's show, then uh, we are kicking things off firmly into a cozy autumn here on Vipers VGM chair. And you might recall there was one game I glossed very quickly over while I was talking about what I played in September, and that's because I'm saving it for its whole own show. Pretty uncharted territory for me on this show to um, not only talk about, but spend an entire episode on a game within a game. But we're doing exactly that next week as I bring you what is a very feature-rich game and soundtrack, despite the fact that it is a title built within the game known as Dreams for the PS4. So that's Media Molecules, um, how would you even word it, Grand game design game it gives you all the tools you need to make your own experience within the game um so they made that that had been shipped around since like 2013 in all of the ps4 previews and it finally made it out the door in 2020 and it's kind of a shame because i think it was 2020 or 2019 one of those two but it's a real shame because it never really got any of the love of recognition or marketing it deserved and it kind of just flopped immediately and because of that, it wasn't allowed to have an official PS5 port or even an upgrade like a lot of other games from late PS4 times like Last of Us got. Um, you know, Last of Us Part 2 got a PS4 upgrade even if it wasn't given a base PS5 version. I don't think even Dreams got that. I think it was just the PS5 happened to buff the specs it already worked towards kind of thing. Didn't even get a PC port like other PlayStation games have got because how good would it have been to build on a mouse and keyboard and all that sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, it really fell by the wayside, but it's coming to its end of service now. In particular, I think this month is when it sees its um, at least end of support. The servers aren't going anywhere, but Media Molecule are firmly moving on to other projects. But in celebration of that, and the fact... Well, not celebration, but in commemoration of that, and the fact that the game was free during August on PS Plus, it meant that they released a whole new game within this game building framework that they made and it's super good not only that it's really cozy it's got a soundtrack of like i want to say around 40-ish songs that might be an overestimate but it's a ludicrous amount for a game within a game and it's got such good world building and it's going to be lovely it's going to be a great start to what is some you know quite a more relaxed autumn programming because i kind of wanted some games appropriate for the season to take us into october so 
Join me next week as I talk about the fabulous Tren, as featured within Media Molecule's Dream. Or Dream Sir, with an S. Aside from that, you can catch me on Pick and Mix this Friday at 7pm UK time over on RadioSega.net where I'll be talking to you about Sonic Frontiers The Final Horizon. And uh, as you might have been able to allude from what I've been saying throughout this episode, and others have been saying as well, we've naturally got a lot to say about it. And uh, if you think it's all positive, uh, you might be in for a little bit of a shock. Uh, join us then as we talk all of that, but also play you what is still, of course it was going to be, an amazing OST, even despite that. So, join us then. Otherwise, you can catch all episodes of both shows on all good podcasting services. Catch up on your favourites or ones you've never heard before. And all good too. One more song to come for you now, and it's from Halo 2, the Anniversary Edition. It is known as Follow in Flight. Thank you for listening. If you have been, I've been Green Viper, and this has been another episode of none other than Viper's VGM show. I'm going to go ahead and leave you with this one song now, but thank you for tuning in, and hope you have a great rest of your night. No Nitro Game Injection, I do believe, this week, because the weeks have swapped again um, due to an absence one week, so... Uh, this will, you'll catch me this time next week on the KNGI Network, but otherwise stay tuned to it as well as all good VGM radio stations You know, give your favourite a bit of support and give the rest of them a whole lot of love as well, because we'll still be here we'll still be doing what we do um, but yeah, certainly I'll catch you all next week, there'll be some Nitro Game Injection next week as well, but plenty of reason to continue listening to KNGI all the same some Halo 2 anniversary coming for you now and I'll leave you with it Thank you, as always, for joining me on the current instalment of my VGM chair.
You've been listening to Vipers VGM Chair, part of the KNGI Network. Visit KNGI.org for more great gaming content.